When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of the Bad Podcast. I am Doug LaMaurice, along with Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman. We are the Ohio State football coverage team for Cleveland.com. And Ohio State doesn't play this week. But that does not mean anything for us. We're still working, guys. Are you still working? I'm currently lounging in the couch in the basement of my father's home in Philadelphia. Bill! I'm going to call that working. The bosses are listening. I think you want to answer that again. Bill, I'm are you working? Yeah, I'm working. I couldn't be working harder. Ari, are you working? I just spilled an entire bag of popcorn on a rental car floor. You don't have to clean a rental car when you return it. Do you guys clean rental cars when you're done? I feel bad about it, so I do it, yeah. No. Uh, nobody feels bad that you have to transcribe, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that is not something you have to do. But something we do have to do is our podcast this week. So we are here again. We are the Ohio State coverage team. You can read all of our stories, and we continue writing this week at cleveland.com slash OSU. A big series this week on defensive tackles. Uh, Bill's writing an Adolphus Washington story. Ari's writing about Rashawn Gary. We have a, a Q&A with Ohio State defensive line coach Larry Johnson. But we want to look a little big of a big-picture look. We like to be big-picture here on the Bad Podcast. And we want to talk about Ohio State in the national context. And, guys, I think we know Ohio State is good. I think we know Ohio State is number one. I think we know Ohio State is one of eight Power Five conference undefeated teams right now. And I think we know that Ohio State is an elite program. Would anybody argue that Ohio State is an elite football program? Ari, do you have an argument for that? I don't. That's that's too obvious to have an argument over. Bill, argument? I don't. I, I want to know if Ari's eating skinny pop or if he's eating cheddar popcorn. Can you hear me chomping? Yeah. <laughs> Are you eating uh, it off the floor? I'm, not... <laughs> Is it... I'm driving and eating popcorn and watching the beautiful trees go by. I stopped eating. I didn't know you could hear me because I'm just a slob. <laughs> well, I'm done. That's okay. Um, be who you are. How many other programs, before we get into this discussion... If you guys had to guess, and I think by the end of this program, hopefully we'll have a number, how many programs would you guess are elite right now in college football? Whatever that means. Now, the elite team, not one year, elite program. Bill, what would you say right now? I'd say probably five off the top of my head without really thinking about it that much. Bill, five. I think you have a very strict definition of elite, which I admire. Um, yeah. Ari, how many would you guess? I was going to say eight to ten. Eight to ten, yeah. I, mean, I, I think you might. I think you could maybe get up more in the twelve, fifteen range 
unless you are really going to narrow this thing down. Because I really think if you really, really narrow it down, I mean, I think you could really go like Ohio State, Alabama, and tell everybody else to get in line. But I don't really think that's what we're talking about. I think maybe you could go Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, maybe, and tell everybody else to take a back seat. I think it's a little bit bigger than that. But what, what is this as we try to figure out who the elite programs are? I think we need to figure out what an elite program is. And I think this comes up in perception of teams. On-field performance obviously matters, but I think perception is a big part of this. So, Bill, when, when you think about it, if we're talking elite college football programs, what does that mean anymore? I think that maybe my, my definition of what's elite does not uh, rely so heavily on wins and losses as maybe it should. When I think of elite college football programs, I think of two things. I think of money and who has the shiniest toys, the nicest stadiums, the best football facilities. And then I think of, I guess these go hand-in-hand, hand, the players that you attract. Do you attract elite players? And I want you to steal a little of Ari Thunder there. But there are plenty of programs who, uh, who win games without attracting the best players, and they have really good coaches who do that. But I think the, the cream of the crop, the elite programs are the ones who have the best facilities, the best stadiums, all the money, and the best players. You know, I think that's interesting because I think over time, and part of this discussion is, if you win without having some of those other things, then the fact that you are winning begins to attract some of those other things. And I think, for instance, as we get into this, Michigan State is one of those programs where, and Ari has written about this numerous times, they won with maybe two and three star kids. But now that they have won 11 games for the last five years, now they are starting to be more attractive to elite players which I think makes them more of an elite program. Ari, how much do you think what Bill's saying about recruiting and attracting players goes into this elite definition? Well, I think that the elite, I think that that makes a lot of sense, but I also think that traditionally speaking, a lot of the programs that are already elite are elite because of historical, uh, you know, past and, and things that have just been over the course of the past 70 to 100 years that have made them elite. And it's an interesting conversation because there's a a line that you have to cross when it comes to being elite. Because to me, I think Notre Dame is an elite program, but I don't think they've been good for 20 years. So um, I think that the best teams that can attract the best players, even when they're not performing on the field, makes you elite. Uh, and that's where I think the difference, the difference is with Michigan State, where they might be winning right now. But until Michigan State can go into Texas and pull who they want, like Ohio State does, they don't have a nationally elite aura about them that maybe a team like Ohio State or Alabama or even Texas or USC might have. And all those programs, in my opinion, are on varying levels of, uh, you know, good teams right now. I mean, USC is an elite program, but they have been bad for 10 years. So um, that's kind of where the discussion is going to maybe lead to argument because Texas A&M has a ton of fans that have awesome facilities and they have done pretty well in the field the last few years, but I don't think they're an elite program. I think there's two good comparisons I'd like to get into here. Let's give some credit to Adam Rittenberg at ESPN.com. He wrote a story last week that sort of sparked this idea a little bit. He wrote about Michigan State and TCU and whether they were breaking in to this level. 
whether they were becoming elite programs and all the things that that entails. So I think there are two obvious comparisons here. Let's move away from the Midwest first and talk about TCU and Texas, okay? When you look right now, TCU in the past couple years has been absolutely, positively one of the best teams in the country. They won 11 games in 2008, 12 in 2009, 13 in 2010, 11 in 2011. Then they had a, bit of, a little bit of a dip, but they had 12 wins last year. They were right there for the college football playoff, and they're right there now, undefeated as a college football playoff contender. Whereas when you talk about Texas, Texas is in disarray. Texas hasn't won double-digit games since 2009. So if we are talking about elite program, in my mind, how can we sit here and say that Texas, a great traditional powerhouse with a huge budget, great facilities, and a great recruiting base, how can Texas be elite and Texas Christian, TCU, not be elite? Bill, would you say that Texas is an elite program right now and TCU is not? I would say that Texas is still an elite program and always has been. And I don't know if we're ready to call TCU elite. I think I think the idea that they're sort of still breaking through might be the more or might be the better um, way to describe that program. It's just like it goes. There's so many things that go into it, and I just feel like Texas. A sign to me that Texas is an elite program is because people are so angry and confused and can't wrap their head around the idea that Texas, the University of Texas, is not good. And if, like, TCU next year won four games, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's TCU. That could only last so long. That wasn't going to last forever. I think that there's still a perception that that TCU has not reached in terms of we are an elite-level program nationally. It's, the distinction is not elite teams right now. It's elite programs, I think, what you said earlier. And right now, te- Texas has a basis from a support system in the athletics department and, and money where they will be good again. It's not like Texas is going to be bad for the next 15 years. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess they're already pushing a pretty uh, long streak, but just the idea that it's intolerable that a team isn't good and will not be taken and coaches will be fired and money will be spent until it's turned around makes Texas an elite program. I guess I would quibble less with the idea that you would still consider Texas elite I would quibble more with the idea of why TCU isn't right now. TCU because... has won at least 11 games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the past 10 years, they've won at least 11 games. I think Gary Patterson has made them to the point, now that they are in a major conference, they've been in the Big 12, this is their fourth season. They're in a major conference. I think if TCU did fall off the map, and again, they were 4-8 in 2013, okay? It did happen. If they fell off the map and disappeared and were not heard heard from for two or three years, I think people would say, what happened to TCU? I would think that a team like TCU, again, it's not a fluke. They've been doing it since 2005. I think they're there, and I think you, you see a lot of these programs, they get to that point, and then they start investing a little more. They keep a coach like Gary Patterson, who obviously could have gone somewhere else right now. They compete not in a, a Mountain West kind of conference anymore, but in the Big 12 with Texas, with Oklahoma. Um, 
I think TCU is there. And I would expand my definition of elite, I guess, if you're going to include them. But I think TCU is there. If you think TCU is there, then your list has got to be closer to 15 to 25. I, I'm comfortable at, at 12 to 15, for sure. I'm comfortable at 12 to um, 15, for sure. The way I think about it is, when you ask the question, who are college football's elite programs, there are obvious answers that come out no matter what from everybody's mouth. And to me, that's kind of the way I look at it. Not necessarily the teams had an okay or bad decade or a, as much as it is, these are the teams that are college football. These are the programs that are always going to be college football. And I think that there are certain worries, like with Notre Dame, for instance, where if they continue to be a muddling team for 20 more years, I mean, it just seems interesting to me that there are teams that take dips and, you know, it's peaks and valleys type thing, but USC is a traditional program that everybody knows it's the West Coast powerhouse. It's like Tennessee is a, a good team, and but I'm not sure I'd put them in the same – bracket if that makes sense like to me it's ohio state notre dame florida florida state usc texas oklahoma and uh i'm probably missing a few just off the top of my head but you know that's kind of the type of team that i would put in there all right let me ask this question bill Mm -hmm. nebraska great tradition has won double digit games has won at least nine games for seven straight years which program, overall, which program is closer to elite, elite right now, Nebraska or TCU? TCU. TCU is trending up. Nebraska has been trending down for some time. I think that, that the, the history and what you've done in, in winning championships is certainly important to, to uh, the legacy of your program and whether or not you're considered elite. But you can't like win three championships in the 90s and then ride that for another 30 years. I think you have to be, you have to be good over the, the, the course of the years between championships. So, I mean, putting TCU and Nebraska next to each other, I would certainly say TCU is closer to being elite than Nebraska is right now. And that's exactly my point, because you're riding the 90s for Nebraska, and it was a great run, but they don't have the same basis of national championships just over the course of the last 100 years, maybe, that an Ohio State does. And right now, TCU might be Nebraska, but the teams that we're talking about before have probably won 10 or more games for the majority of their entire existence as a program. Oklahoma or TCU, which is closer to elite? Mm-hmm. Well, TCU. I mean, again, I like go to Oklahoma. These are direct um, conference comparisons, and uh, when you go back uh, in history and talk about national championships, there are uh, a lot of screwy things that happen mm-hmm. with, with you know the awarding of championships and that kind of thing. N- Nebraska, uh, according to one list I'm looking at right now, has won, is in the top ten all time of most national championships. They've won, f- by their own count, they've won five. 70, 71, 94, 95, 97. You know, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good tradition I mean, it's not quite Ohio State. That's close, though. And I would definitely put TCU ahead of them now. Um, all right, let's move. I want, by the end, we're going to run down this, a list, and we're going to hit a number. But I think the, the, the other comparison I want to get to is Michigan-Michigan State. Okay? Um, we are seeing people get very fired up because Michigan is relevant again. 
because Michigan has not been relevant for a, a fairly long time. Compare Michigan and Michigan State as elite programs right now in your mind. Bill, go ahead first. Uh, this is really hard. Um, I think I would not – I would consider Michigan more of an elite program than I would Michigan State, and I know that sounds weird given their records over the last few years. But there's just a – and it goes back to, again, and maybe I'm reading this the wrong way, but the comparison between Texas and TCU, it just feels different. Michigan feels different than Michigan State. Michigan is a college football powerhouse, always has been. Michigan State won a title, I think, in the 50s. And while they've been good, certainly under Mark D'Antonio, and he's done uh, way more, I think, than any other coach in the country has at the talent level that Michigan State has attracted prior to the last couple of years, I still think Michigan's more elite. I don't think it's even close. I think it's Michigan, and it's not even a debate. Ari, what do you And s- the reason why... What do okay. you see? Talk about this in terms of recruiting for me. Do you see something there with the way you think recruits view Michigan and Michigan State right now? Of course. I think that's definitely an obvious. I mean, Michigan's recruiting California and Michigan State's not, and there's a reason for it. And, I, and, I, the, and the thing that you can talk about, too, is just that Michigan was been down, you know, since the end of the Lloyd Carr era, but they are elite, so they were able to bring in Jim Harbaugh. Let's say D'Antonio retires or he loses it a little bit and they start going down. Is Michigan State going to go hire Chip Kelly? I, I just think there's a certain level of eliteness, if that's a word, that Michigan just has inherently because of its tr- tradition and history, the campus, the fans, the stadium, the money, everything that they do and everything that Michigan stands for is an elite program. And Michigan can go into other areas and recruit, they have a national brand, much like Ohio State does. And Michigan State has been good, and they've been competing at the highest level. But Michigan State doesn't win national championships. It's been a while since Michigan has too. But it's just I don't think that they're even on the same playing field right now. And that's why the whole little brother thing gets under their skin so much, because for so long, for 100 years, that's probably been that way. And that's why it's so weird to see Michigan State rise up right now, but at the same time, from the bottom to top infrastructure of programs, I don't think it's debatable. I would argue with the idea that it's not close. Um, what, what do you think, it, when you compare Michigan and Michigan State, what do you think is the number one area in which Michigan has an obvious edge on Michigan State in this discussion right now? Tradition? Is that the main thing, what they did 80 years ago? Or is there something National else? brand. Yeah, I think it's national brand and, and the, just the perception of the program. What do you... What national can, brand is a huge part of this. What can, so what can a school like Michigan State do then? Does Michigan State... I mean, I guess, I guess one answer is win a national championship. Is that the only answer? What can a school like Michigan State do to break in? The last... Five seasons, they've won 11, 13, 7, 11, and 11 games. What's their hope? What's their, what's their path to being not just a good team, but an elite program? This is where you and I are going to maybe butt heads, which happens every week, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think becoming elite takes 50 to 100 years, not 10. And they might be at a disadvantage right now, but like the elite programs that you that I would consider elite right now have a hundred years of history that made them elite. So that's just the way it is. And I I just don't think that, Michigan State's a basketball school. 
that's kind of turning into a football school. But right now, I think Michigan State, people at Michigan State identify with their basketball program more than their football program. And at Michigan, their basketball program is a great example because Michigan's basketball program has done some impressive things, but Michigan is a football school. And Michigan's a national football school, and Michigan State's just not. And it's going to take a lot more than winning 10 games five years in a row to make that difference. What do you think it takes, Bill? Winning for a long time, like Ari said. I think if, if Michigan State were to win a national championship this year and then win another one in five years, I mean, I think that expedites the process a little bit. But like Ari said, it's not a it's not an overnight thing to become an elite program. And I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that what Michigan State has done under Mark Antonio has been incredibly impressive and might be the best coaching job in the country over the last few years. But that doesn't make you elite. That makes you a very good football team for a few years, but it, it takes more than that to be an elite program. You need the 100-year tradition, 50-year tradition, like Ari said. All right, let's spin this back to Ohio State for a second before we run down the list I want to run down and come up with our number of elite programs. What could ever stop Ohio State from being elite? If you look right now, I'm looking at a database um, from Chris Stassen, whose website is great for looking up this stuff. If you Google that, Chris Stassen College Football, S-T-A-S-S-E-N. Uh, the last 20 years, best winning percentage, Ohio State's number one. You add in the tradition, you add in the recruiting base, you add in the passion, you add in the 100,000-seat stadium. Is there anything that could ever stop Ohio State from being elite, or are they just locked in forever? I mean, there are there are things that we've seen happen in college football from a from a scandal standpoint. I guess if you want to call it that, without getting too specific, there are certainly things out there that can cripple a college football program that lead to things like death penalties and stuff like that. But short of something drastic like that, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything out there that stops elite elite an elite program like that from being elite. All right. There's just too much money involved. There's just too much money involved. Too many fans involved. The entire city is basically in existence because Ohio State's there. I, I just, I think that if you go a hundred years, and the way that things are going, and just the natural recruiting base that they have, how are they ever going to be bad for twenty? I mean, to me, it's been, to me, Ohio State might be the perfect example of the team that's most guarded from not being elite. Yeah. Because even Michigan, who's been down for ten years. The reason why they've been down for 10 years is because they don't have the recruiting base in Michigan that Ohio has in Ohio. Ohio State has in Ohio. So Ohio State's got, I think, some built-in advantages, not only from a from a coaching, money, fan standpoint, as much as it is the talent in the state that they are in, and they're the only major state school in that state to get all that talent. So there are other obstacles, I think, that other elite programs might face, like Notre Dame and Indiana, who has to do it nationally and uh, USC, who's going head-to-head against both Arizona schools and UCLA in its own city, and Texas, you know, the TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor. I mean, there's like 20 schools that are recruiting Texas, including Ohio, and the Florida schools. Uh, that, you know, to me, I think Ohio State might be as most locked into that elite status as possible because of what they've already accomplished and what it looks like the navigation of the landscape is going to be in the foreseeable future. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I think when you talk about the teams that you would you would say, who are the least likely to have dips? You know, I, I think you'd put like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas, maybe in that group. And teams in that group have had dips. You know, if, yeah. if, if you look yeah. at Alabama, between 1997 and 2007, here were their win totals. 4, 7, 10, 3, 7, 10, 4, 6, 10, 6, 7. 
You know, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Ohio State has never had a dip like that. You look at what's happening. Texas is in disarray. Texas is counting it as a miracle that it managed to beat Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. Um, but Ohio State hasn't had that. So I, I do think the one thing is almost anyone is vulnerable in this day and age to a dip because it's so much easier, because everybody's on TV, um, because um, you know great coaches can make such a huge difference. I think it might be easier for teams to jump up, uh, which means it's easier for teams to fall down. But Alabama got it back. I do agree. Texas will get it back. And I think maybe that's what you guys are talking about, that a dip yeah, would not be devastating. You might lose for a while, but you'll get it back. Yeah, if Michigan State loses and has a 10-year period the way that Alabama did, it's not going to go hire Nick Saban and get it back. It's going to take another Mark Antonio type who is the perfect place, the perfect time, and the perfect scenario uh, who recruited the area, who coached under Jim Trussell. Like, the perfect scenario for Michigan State happened with Mark Antonio, And it's not because Michigan State was an elite program. It's because it worked out. But if Michigan State goes into a dip, what are they going to do, go hire less miles? I mean, just think about the coaching candidates that are real, real reasonable options for certain programs. And what's a reasonable option for Ohio State from just the like, leader of the program is not a reasonable option for some of the schools like TCU and and Michigan State, who we've been, uh, you know, kind of discussing on this podcast. All right. We're going to American Idol this thing. I haven't watched American Idol in a long time. Is it still on the air? Do you guys know? I have no idea. I was really big into it back in the Kelly Park days, but I have no idea. Justin, you voted for Justin Guarini because he's from Philly. No, Justin Guarini really annoys me because he's, like, still hanging around. He's, like, pops up in, like, local commercials in Philadelphia, and like, he's on radio sometimes, and I think he just needs to kind of go away except the fact that he lost. That shocks I me. love Ruben Stuttered. You do love Ruben. I you, do like you. Did you vote for Ruben instead of Clay? You know, I actually never watched the show, so oh. I didn't vote, but I thought that the music that Ruben Stuttered released after he became famous from the show was pretty good. Okay, the headline of this podcast is Ari Loves Ruben Stuttered. Um, <laughs> here we go. We're going to American Idol this, so I'm going to read off a team. You say yes if you think they're elite, no if you think they're not. And this is the program question. Are they an elite program? If you get two votes from the three of us, you're elite. Okay? And we'll see where we get at the end. I'm working off a list. I'm going to go in order of teams with the best winning percentage over the past 20 years. Okay? So we'll run through all 120 teams. Is that cool? <laughs> we'll hit, like, the top 25 and then see if there's anybody else that's not in the top 25 that we should vote on. Um, okay. Indiana, no. And I'll, I, have a, I, have a, I have a pen. So I'm going to write it down. Um, number one is Ohio State. Yes or no? We'll go in order. Bill, you go first, then Ari, then me. So Ohio State, yes or no? Yes. 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 Boise State is second. Elite, yes or no? No. 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 Florida State. Yes. 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 Florida. No. Yes. No. Oregon. No. Yes. Wow. Yes. I would say if... And that's actually a contradiction to everything I just said on the entire show, by the way. But, but, I, would love I, I think they are the greatest example of the new breed elite. They are They are what TCU and Michigan State want to aspire to. You know, they've won and double they did digits. it with extenuating circumstances, though. But, but I think but you're, what you're talking about is... They have the other things in place you guys are talking about, which is not just coaching and players, money, facilities, money, 
facilities, right? I mean, I think that's undisputed yeah. at Oregon. And I think money is a big part of it, obviously. Virginia I mean, Tech. Might be the whole thing, and they, yeah. Virginia Tech, yes or no? No. 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 Texas. Yes. 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 LSU. Yes. 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 Nebraska. Nebraska, which is ninth in winning percentage in the past 20 years. Uh, still a no for me. Nope. No. Oklahoma. No. Yes. Wow. See, I, I don't know why I put myself at the end. Um, <laughs> you know what? They have a national title about a decade, you know, eight years sooner than Nebraska. I feel like they are still competing in that mix more. Uh, they're holding on, but I'm going to say yes on Oklahoma. Georgia. <laughs> no. 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 USC. Yes. 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 Wisconsin. No. 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 TCU. No. No. Yes. They didn't make it. Miami, Florida, which I think is an interesting uh, question. We, we know their very unique and illustrious history. They won double digits every year uh, between 1985 and 1994, except, except for one year. They have not won double digits since 2003. Miami, Bill. You know, I have a list of teams here in front of me just that I wrote down before we did this, and I, I literally circled Miami right before you said it because I thought they wouldn't be in this list that we're going down and I wanted to bring them back up. Um, but I say no, not elite. Yes, without doubt. I say no because I think we're talking about, like, they don't have a campus stadium. I don't know that they have the fan support. They are in a fertile, fertile, fertile recruiting area. But I'm not sure at the moment what else they have going for them beyond that. And I think they need to get the fan base passionate again. I don't think that's a given, especially in that competitive market that Miami just gets to be Miami. Miami's fixable, and it will be fixed. That's why I said yes. Michigan. Yes. 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 Kansas State. No. 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 Alabama. Uh, yes. 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 Auburn. No. Yes. Auburn's interesting. Auburn is interesting. Auburn is interesting. Auburn, I think, is right on I the like border right here. You know, I'm, I'm going to go yes on Auburn, but that's not super convincing. Uh, Utah. Oh, I have national champions. Okay, I'm going to stop interrupting now. Utah, Bill. Uh, no. 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 Tennessee. No. 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 Penn State. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you have to say no. I'd say no right now. No. No. BYU. No. No. They have an interesting tradition. They are an interesting place. Um, I think they're closer than you would think, but I'm going to say no. Um, that's through 23 teams. 24th on this list is Toledo. 25th is Louisville. No offense to Dave Briggs. I'm not voting on Toledo uh, as a lead or not. I I'm looking here. Notre Dame we have to vote on. They're 29th in the last 20 years of winning percentage. Notre Dame, yes or no? Yes. 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 Um, Texas A&M I don't think deserves a vote. Michigan State deserves a vote. Uh, I say no. No. No, I'm going to say yes, but I'm outvoted. 
Uh, I don't know that they're UCLA. Anyone think maybe UCLA? No. 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 They have a one, right? UCLA, I know, is like in a really good spot, and people know the program, but I don't think UCLA has won it. Yeah, it? Stanford, I don't think so. Uh, there's really not anybody else. So if I'm going to go. That's it, I think, yeah. I'm going to go count. What do you think the number is that got two votes at least from each of us? How many elite? 13. Yeah, 12. 11. So, so I think that, that we did good then. Here we go. This is our official elite. We were going to go short on the podcast today because you guys are on the phone and we're at 32 minutes because we love to talk. I hope people thought voting was interesting. Was that good podcasting? Yeah, I think it was. I hope the people, I hope you voted along with us, podcast listeners. Here we go. The official bad podcast elite college football programs are Ohio State, Florida State, Oregon, Texas, LSU, Oklahoma, USC, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, and Notre Dame. Solid list. Uh, I think there's some reaches on that list. Bill, Bill, Bill said there at the beginning said f- probably five. So Bill is a Bill. You have high standards, man. I like learning these things about you. Yeah, you five, like, is, five this, is low. I'll give you five is low, but I think eleven is maybe one or two too high. Mystery lollipops and high standards. That's what Bill Landis is all about. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's just revote then. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Let's just run through that one more time, just to be sure. <laughs> um, okay, listen, we're gonna we're gonna knock it out here. Um, that's the bad podcast for this week. You can catch us every week. It's a bye week, and we still did a podcast. Imagine how good this podcast is going to be, Michigan State and Michigan Week. Although we're probably going to be writing so much, maybe it'll be terrible. Um, Bill Landis, thank you for joining us from Philadelphia. It was a pleasure, as always. Ari, thank you for joining us from wherever you are on the turnpike. Thank you. Did you did you eat the floor <laughs> popcorn or no? No, I'm going to dive into this right now. Okay. Uh, and I'm definitely agree. I'm actually is it or is it skinny pop. Uh, it's skinny pop. Okay. The, the popcorn Thank discussion you. will continue uh, after the podcast is over. But I'm Doug Lamarie. So I'm actually here in our Cleveland.com studios in Cleveland, Ohio. We are normally based in Columbus because we cover Ohio State at Cleveland.com/slash/OSU. Thanks again for listening to the Bad Podcast. <laughs>